Lynch, Comms Day Live. Welcome to the show. Today we'll be speaking with the head of the Australian Domain Administration, or ALDA, Rosemary Sinclair. We're talking about the new AU Direct Domain, which they've launched in the past week, and uh, also find out about some of their plans for the future for new domains. But first up, the big news this week was the changing of the guard at Telstra. The CEO of seven years standing, Andy Penn, announced his shock retirement and to be replaced in September by the current CFO, Vicky Brady. It, it was a bit of a shock. Um, many people in the industry thought that Andy was coming into his own with a series of recent strategic moves that were seen by a lot of observers as pretty clever. You know, things like the InfraCro spin out, the new National Fibre backbone, and the associated move to become a wholesaler of that. Even little things like making payphones free, which were seen as market, marketing masterstrokes. And of course, in the last few weeks, the big deal for network sharing and spectrum sharing with TPG Telecom in regional Australia. So I had a chance to speak with Vicky this week and to find out uh, what her perspectives were on climbing to the top job. Thanks, Graham. It's, um, I appreciate that. Nice to get the chance to speak today. Uh, my first question for you was that obviously as the CFO, you've been incredibly involved in the implementation of T22 and the formulation of T25. So I guess that all goes quite well for continuity and it really helps you in the transition to the top job, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and Graham, I think the other thing that's been, so firstly under T22, when we architected that, I was leading consumer and small business. So, um, and, you know, the 1,800 to 20 plans, which gets um, mentioned a lot, you know, that was was an incredible period really to radically transform, to have to think about things differently and then, yeah, to be part of helping execute on that through the CFO chair. I think the other thing with T25 that's incredibly helpful, um, corporate strategy also sits with me in the CFO portfolio. So um, being in the thick of putting the T25 strategy together, um, I think is just incredibly helpful through this transition. And, and yes, I, I would agree. I think it helps make it a smooth transition because I'm absolutely... 100% on board. I was part of putting T25 together. We've made those commitments and set those ambitions and um, absolutely front and centre in my priorities is making sure we deliver on that as a team. Okay. Well, you've, you've worked in senior positions in both a challenger telco at Optus and, of course, the incumbent um, telco Telstra. What do you see as the unique challenges associated with leading a, a legacy incumbent telco? Yeah, it's it's interesting because I actually have had, even pre-Telstra, I had experience in a challenger here in Australia and then um, the incumbent in Singapore as well, so three years up there, Graham. So even before joining Telstra, I had, um, had experienced both sides. And I think, well, what I think is exciting when you lead an organisation and, and Telstra has such a, I think, a pretty special place in Australia. You know, it's been through its heritage at the heart of enabling key moments of innovation and development in the country. So actually I'm excited by that, Graham, because 
you know, we are in the thick of a lot of things and if I look at, you know, the government's ambition about Australia being a world-leading digital economy, telecommunication infrastructure is obviously right at the foundation of that and um, Telstra is the biggest provider with the broadest reach across the country. So I, I actually think there's, there's huge opportunity ahead for Telstra and I'm really excited to get to lead it through this next era because um, no doubt the foundations have been radically transformed through T22, so we've got a really great basis to go from here. Okay, so you just mentioned some of those opportunities there. Obviously, in a lot of the legacy markets where Telstra comes from, that they're heavily regulated, you know, or, mm-hmm. or in the case of the NBN, you're not even allowed to be there in a sense anymore um, at Telstra. So where are those opportunities and are they, are they just in infrastructure or are they also in the over-the-top services? No, well, I think there's opportunities right across the board. Obviously, infrastructure, we've, we've announced um, a couple of big investments recently, in early February with our investment in intercapital fibre and um, the investment in infrastructure to support Viasat's um, Asia-Pacific satellite. So there's absolutely opportunities in infrastructure. We're at an important point in mobile, obviously with 5G infrastructure and networks still rolling out and we're at the forefront of that. Um, And then beyond that, you know, we've got a lot of stuff happening in the services space as well. If I look at our enterprise business, um, you know, network applications and services, whether it's cyber security, whether it's cloud, um, you know, there's, there's huge growth in those sectors. And then we're diversifying where growth comes from. You know, Telstra Health is in a very good position and the couple of key acquisitions we've made recently set it up well and we've obviously got ambitions to grow that to a half billion dollar revenue business by 2025. Um, we're entering energy uh, and, you know, we've got some pretty exciting things with the Quantum joint venture um, that we announced not that long ago. So I think as I look at it, there are opportunities right from core infrastructure all the way through services and then um, the ability to also diversify where where growth comes from in the future as well. Okay, and I also wanted to ask you about yourself in terms of your own personal life journey and your lived experiences, you know, in, as you say, in Singapore as well as Australia. Um, what unique attributes do you think that you bring to the job given your um, experiences? Yeah, it's always a good question. So, For me, um, I guess we all have lived experiences. So I think one of the things I have is um, I grew up in a little regional town in Australia. Uh, I've then um, worked and studied internationally. So I I also studied in the US to do my master's. And then I I worked um, over in Singapore and then obviously extensive experience in Australia. So, So I bring deep understanding of telco having worked across different geographies and, as you said, from different market positions. And I think from growing up in um, regional Australia, there's um, an ability to connect with people. I, I like nothing better than actually getting to know people and understanding what motivates them. And, um, and that's something I bring to the role, a real passion for people and how we as teams collaborate and work together. Um, to get, I think, outcomes bigger and better than anyone individually ever expects they can get. And so 
they're some of the things, um, Graham, I think I bring to the role. Okay. And uh, let's talk about Andy Penn. He's obviously been the CEO for seven years. So can you tell me a bit about um, his leadership and, and the era that he presided over and, and observations on that period? Yeah, and, and Graham, you know, I feel very privileged to have got to work closely with Andy over the last six years. has been an extraordinary period. And, and you know, Andy um, had to help face into a lot of challenges Um and I would say the things that stand out for me is he's just so incredibly resilient. Andy has this ability. He can focus in the midst of lots of pressure, lots of things going on. Um, he's resilient. He's incredibly courageous. And I think T22 is a great example of that. You know, they were really bold ambitions. There was a lot of cynicism um, in the market as we announced that. And, um you know, I think Andy has been just, um, he's had an extraordinary period leading Telstra through and really changing the foundations. And so I, I feel incredibly fortunate um, that, you know, when, when it changes over 1st of September, you know, Telstra is in a very different position to the one, you know, that when Andy first entered the role. So I'm incredibly grateful for that. And, and on that note, is it a good time to be starting, given that you're just at the beginning of a new three-year plan in the form of T25? Is that, is that a, a sort of natural inflection point uh, from yeah. your point of view to, to start the job? Yeah, I think it's a great point. And obviously, as we talked about, um, I was heavily involved in putting T25 together. And so I feel an incredible level of ownership around that. And um, one of the things as a leader I believe really strongly in when you commit to stuff you, you know, you take that seriously and you find ways through it and find ways to deliver on the commitments you made. So, so I, I do, as it turns out, I, I think it's a good, good point. Um, and I'm really pleased that we've got a five-month transition period. I think that sets it up well for, um, for a smoother transition as, as you could hope for. Rosemary Sinclair, she's the head of Alda, which runs the internet domain system in Australia. They announced what was um, positioned as one of the biggest shakeups in the Australian domain market for nigh on 20 years, the creation of a direct AU domain, um, which was launched about a week ago. So we caught up with Rosemary, found out, find out all about it, and also to find out about um, some plans they have on the horizons, which I found quite fascinating. Welcome to the show, Rosemary. Yeah, great to be here, Graham. Thank you. Okay, so you've got the big announcement this month of the new AU Direct domain. Can you tell us what it's all about? And particularly, what are the benefits to the community of this new domain? Yeah, so this is some... It's really exciting because it's the first new namespace in the .au domain for 20 years. So we've got .com.au, .net.au, .org.au. This is .au direct. And the reason it's exciting, and particularly now, is it just provides um, a great choice for a different sort of economy. Uh, 
Um, when ARDA first started managing Australia's domain name system uh, in the early 2000s, um, we weren't looking at a gig economy. We weren't looking at an economy that depended on innovation and productivity. We weren't even really looking at an economy that was focused on export markets, but we now are. And this new choice of name, .au Direct, um, provides all sorts of people the opportunity to come online to establish their own presence, their own online presence um, in a domain that is globally regarded as a very trusted domain, the .au domain. Uh, so we're already, because we launched uh, last Thursday, uh, and already we've seen thousands of small businesses take the opportunity to come online, to, to join the online community. Um, and we see them, they're very, very small businesses, um, but thousands of new Australian businesses has got to be great for the economy. The other thing we've seen is hundreds of individuals come into the space, rosemarysinclair.au. Uh, and again, that gives those individuals their own online presence. Uh, from some research we did towards the end of last year, the community told us that the thing that they really value uh, about uh, the internet and online is being able to communicate uh, with their uh, chosen tribe, if you like, their group of colleagues and friends. Um, businesses, it's all about commerce, cutting costs, revenue uh, sources, um, but there's a very particular um, uh, focus for community members, individuals and organisations. Um, so very early numbers uh, we see are indicating to us that the demand that we thought was there uh, for this new namespace is actually materialising. Okay, that's great. Now, um, I understand you have a priority allocation access process so that people who already have domain names don't find that someone else comes in and gazumps their name. So how does that all work? Yeah, so what we've done is we've reserved all the existing names uh, in the domain um, for six months to give the holders of those names the chance to think about whether they want to um, get the exact matching name in .au direct. Um, if there's only one such name, like a com.au, then it's an easy process. Um, if there are a number of different holders of a name, say, in com.au and net.au and org.au, then our process for allocating the .au direct among those holders who want the .au direct is by the create date if that create date is after the 4th of February 2018. If the create date is before the 4th of February 2018, and we've chosen that date because that's when the real consultation about implementing this new namespace started, then those parties have to negotiate amongst themselves who gets the .au direct name. Um, so there's a lot more information on our website We've been working with our registrars for 18 months, uh, updating their agreements, updating the rules, training them, discussing all of this, developing communications, all designed to help people who currently have a name in the .au domain who want the .au direct match uh, to help them work their way through the process. 
So far, what we've seen since last Thursday is some thousands of names actually being resolved in that priority allocation process. So we're really confident that that is working. But we're keeping a very close eye on the customer inquiries we get, you know, use error uh, in the early stages of a process like this. We're really watching all that like a hawk uh, to make sure that the users uh, in the .au domain are um, able able to get the right uh, result for their circumstances. And I should just quickly add, Graham, that no, nobody is required to take up the .au direct name. Your existing website and domain name will just work beautifully if you keep your registration details up to date. So, Okay, yeah, that's an important point. Now, you just mentioned that you'd been working with the registrars for 18 months, and I find that very impressive. This whole thing has been the result of a lengthy, extensive and exhaustive consultation process with the sector. So can you take us through how it all began and what you did to get to this point? Yes. So, so in the, 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 the conversation really started in 2015. And I should just add before I get into the detail that um, the way the internet policies are developed is through multi-stakeholder processes. And the very particular thing about that is that it means all parties come to the table with equal voices. So the consultation processes and capability um, is really very, very extensive. And that's what's happened uh, here with the introduction of .au Direct. So in 2015, a names policy panel was established to have a look at whether anybody wanted the name, uh, the namespace. Uh, and the decision out of that consultation was, yes, there was a need. So there was some early thinking about uh, where the demand was heading. Uh, the introduction of mobile devices um, was part of the conversation there, that shorter names would be better. Uh, the emerging digital economy uh, with innovation and uh, a whole range of different forms of marketing, all that was part of that discussion, which wound up with, Yes, there is a need for a new namespace.au direct. Second uh, uh, period of consultation was all about the priority allocation process. What would happen to people who already had a name in the .au domain? And so there was uh, extensive consultation with holders of names and some of those holders hold them for in investment purposes like assets. Uh, other people hold names to support their online presence and business and so on. So, again, all of those interests were taken into account in deciding the priority allocation process. So before February 4th, 2018, the allocation would depend on negotiation. After the 4th of February, it depends on the creation date of the first name creator. And then the third element of all of this was the implementation uh, of the decision to create the namespace and how to allocate the priority uh, process, to develop the priority process. The third set of consultations were 2019 and they were really focused on the implementation of all of this. And again, ev everybody in the room, public consultations, submission processes, really open and extensive consultation on how to go about the whole introduction. 
Okay, so this brings us to a point where I want to ask the question. How big is the Australian domain space overall in terms of, of millions of, of registrations? Um, and how fast is it growing? So we, we've got 3.46 million names uh, at the moment. Um, and it's, it's growing by about 4% a year um, on average. A bit of a spike up, I'd say, uh, during the pandemic. Uh, we actually saw hundreds of thousands of small businesses come into .com.au during the pandemic as they were innovating uh, their service and supply chain, which was really, really interesting. Um, and since the launch of .au Direct, uh, we've seen very substantial growth. Uh, we're not expecting that kind of growth to continue, um, but it proved to us that there were uh, thousands of tens of thousands of um, people, businesses waiting for this new namespace. And as soon as they could, they jumped in. Um, so we'd expect that to settle down. And we think that uh, the measure of growth will be in line really with the way the economy grows. So, you know, three to 4%, we're hoping. Mm, okay, terrific. So what's on the agenda next for Outer? Now you've got this out of the way. Well, um, look, a, a range of different things. I mean, one of the um, most interesting things that we did during the year was um, an inaugural piece of research into the digital lives of Australians. Um, and that was, um, according to some of the participants in the research, uh, the first time that they felt the question of what is it that you value about the internet was asked. And it was really, really interesting. Uh, we'll be following that up this year what people said to us the community said we really value the communications and connection aspect of the internet and businesses said to us we really value the opportunity for new revenue streams and being able to cut costs and do things more efficiently out of that though in our sample size um, we found that one out of seven Australian businesses and if you think of small businesses there's a couple of million of these in Australia don't yet have an online presence so we, we see that there's an opportunity there um, people are concerned about cybersecurity and privacy so there's some challenges there um, interestingly, uh, the main focus on connectivity was in metropolitan areas and in particular for gig economy workers. So people who were really relying on an individual connection uh, to the internet for their livelihood, really, those people really care about the quality of the communications uh, connection. Uh, so we'll do more of that research, you know, getting out and finding out what people really think and what they want. Um, down the track, we've got about a year of settling down .au direct, uh, you know, reviewing what's happened, thinking about how it's all working. But we're really excited by the next uh, set of new namespaces, and those will be um, spaces for our international communities, reflecting the multicultural nature of Australia. Uh, so domain names in Chinese language, Korean language, Vietnamese language. We know that these communities um, depend on each other in terms of their uh, business and communications. Uh, so we think that internationalised domain names uh, will be relevant. 
And beyond that, so I'm now, you know, years into the future, uh, we're really excited about a conversation that we have just started about the possibility of an Indigenous namespace. You know, is there um, interest by the Indigenous community in having a namespace that is really theirs. So um, we see many opportunities where an online presence, you know, can facilitate and support what people want to do. And we see that as our role, thinking that through with the relevant stakeholders and seeing how best we can meet those needs. So that's where we're focused, on the needs of the Australian community. Well, uh, you heard it here first on Conseil Live. <laughs> that's terrific stuff. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rosemary. A pleasure, Graham. Just beat it.